Hello and welcome to D2C Podcast. I'm Eric Dick. Today I got to chat with ad tech OG Ned Samuelson, Managing Director of Growth of the Americas at Critio, the customer acquisition engine that masters the open web to drive top of funnel and retargeting conversions, cross display ads and meta retargeting. I go way back in ad tech and display advertising specifically. So it was fun to compare notes with Ned, who came to the podcast with a bunch of concrete things brands can do to improve their Q4 results, along with some very unique personal facts we get into at the end. If you want to grow your business with Critio, make sure you go to critio.com slash DTC. Hope you enjoy it on the show. Q4, and especially Black Friday, Cyber Monday, people are so price conscious. In display ads, do what's called strike-through pricing, where you show a price and then actually an X goes through it and then a green price is shown and that the green price is the sale price essentially. That is incredibly effective from both the conversion rate perspective and even if you are actually discounting, you see an increase in average order value because it gives people the option to buy multiple products. They say, well, this thing was $100, now it's 70. Maybe I buy the $70 thing now, just save 30 bucks, and then you go buy from that same site a $50 item. Ned, welcome to the D2C podcast. I was just Googling it because I've been around in this industry since about like 2009 or so. Critio was one of the first companies that I was like aware of in the space. And you've been there. I was just looking for just coming up on 10 years. You've almost been a decade there. What's the biggest change you've seen in the digital marketing space in the last decade? Gosh, uh, you're making me feel old. I have been at Critio. It'll be 10 years in September. So yeah, that's um, all that gray in my beard. Um, Look, I think uh, probably the biggest sort of change I've seen, um, especially over the last probably two or three years, is sort of the lowering of barrier to entry in in e-commerce and um, and in D2C in general. When I first started at Critio as a you know as a salesperson, and I talked to uh, prospects and clients, you know, the consistent feedback I got from in terms of just like their web presence and their website was that it essentially cost about $100,000 to build an effective uh, D2C website. And it had a, sort of an ongoing cost of between 50 and 60 grand a month. Um, you, know, you fast forward to now where you have these e-commerce platforms, most notably uh, Shopify, uh, who you know Critio partners with and absolutely loves working with. It's literally free to build a Shopify website. And the ongoing monthly cost is a percentage of on-site revenue. And uh, so that's really created this this pretty cool new area of the market that that frankly didn't exist prior and it's not just the sort of SMB uh, it's uh, so it's not just small and, and medium sized websites it's the fact that you can be a small or medium size uh, you know D2C or e-commerce website and you can grow very very quickly there's tons of examples of clients we work with that started out as literally in their garage and now are uh, you know doing tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars uh, a year in revenue so that's probably the biggest change that, I, that I've seen over the last 10 years. Arm the rebels, as Shopify always said. Um, exactly. Describe to me exactly what Critio is. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, Critio is essentially the, uh, I would say we are the commerce media leader. Uh, but what that 
really means is that we help our clients grow and scale through display and video advertising and specifically through performance display and advertising. Uh, we say at Cardio, uh, performance is everything. And, and that's really true because you know, we, we, we have no upfront costs. We have no minimums. We have no binding contracts of any kind. Literally what every single D2C e-commerce client has in common, whether you're J. Crew or Ned's T-shirt shack is uh, that you've given us a, a return on ad spend goal. And it's our job to hit that return on ad spend goal within the first 30 days. And we are very effective um, at doing that and really helping our clients grow their audience and then in turn, turn that audience into customers. Um, and that's, that's really what we've, we've cut our teeth on and, and what we continue to do. I have a special place in my heart for display advertising. It was probably what was my first big win in the in the industry, but way back in 2008 or nine, I had a client, I was working at an affiliate marketing company and we had a client that was a jewelry auction website called bids.com. Sure. And yeah. I was driving, They they I ended up working out interesting like CPA deals with a bunch of different display networks directly, including Yahoo. Um, and where I had a CPA deal on these on these jewelry leads that would then come through and turn into like clients. It was one of the first, and it would turn into like customers of jewelry. And they and they they gave me like weekly reports on the ROI essentially of my campaigns. This is way back in like 2009 or 10, and it was like a really I think good example of performance marketing that works all the way through. I'm curious, where, what do you see as the role in terms of the customer journey right now when it comes to display marketing specifically? Yeah, so it's funny. It's like I think display has has historically and certainly true of, of Curdio been seen as a really strong way of uh, retargeting users. So really, I think if I went back even five years, most of our clients sort of looked at it as saying, okay, we spend a lot of money in search to get users to our site, but when they don't convert and they leave and they go to uh, you know CNN or the Washington Post or, or Facebook or now Meta, um, then getting a display ad in front of them is sort of necessary to get them to engage with the ad, click on it, come back to the site um, and convert. And I, I think what's really changed uh, is that now display advertising and especially Curdio display advertising has shown the ability to actually represent the entire funnel. And so that's um, through our essentially lookalike audiences and our behavioral audiences that has given us the ability um, to actually target users who've never been or never engaged with a D2C website, get them to actually come to the site and then move them down the funnel to ultimately be a converter. I, I, the last thing I'll say on that, Eric, is uh, another sort of, I think, significant change to that that paradigm of, of conversion is the sophistication that, that Critio has helped support in the industry of once you get someone to convert, that isn't the end of the journey because LTV, lifetime value, is, is truly the name of the game. And so it's not just getting them to convert the first time, it's really figuring out with display ads and, and video ads to, a, to some extent, how do we get them to keep coming back? How do we make them a true sort of loyal customer? And that's been something that, that's really been exciting to me about sort of watching the evolution of Cardio is seeing, and it's not just, again, with your sort of enterprise uh, size businesses, it's also with your, with your mid-market and, and even SMB businesses where, you know, if you have a, a quality product that, that people like, re-engagement tends to be what, what drives the majority of your revenue. And, and that's, that's pretty exciting. 
Can we get a little nitty gritty on display right now? I, I remember like when I was running these campaigns, I had, there was, I, there was basically this one unit, it was called the Yahoo Mail Monster. It was buying an, a display ad right after someone had sent an email. And I feel like that, that was like one of the ultimate spots for a display ad. Cause it's like, you've just sent an email, what's next? And there's this big oversized ad there. I'm just curious, like what in terms of like ad units or even just sort of creative is really working like overcome banner blindness at this point with display? Mm. So I, I think there's actually two steps in that process um, of uh, people talk a lot about banner blindness, but in order to get banner blindness, you have to actually see the banner. And so, uh, you know, I, I've always sort of chuckled at, you know, I, on, uh, you know, CNN or on in my case, I say CNN, but ESPN, let's let's be honest here. And, uh, you know, you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page where no one ever goes. It's, it's way past. You're not talking about the byline. It's past anything. And you see seven display ads under there um, and you say, like, no one has ever scrolled down this far except for me because I work in the industry. Right. And so I think the the first thing that, uh, you know, Critio developed and this is, gosh, this is eight, nine years ago was as we think about inventory, both in our own private exchange, but also in buying through to your point, Yahoo or, or GDN, Google Display Network is only buying what we would define as premium inventory. And that to us is above the fold and it has to be one of the two largest ad sizes. And so that's the, I think the, the first step, then you move on to actual banner blindness, right? And I think everyone has, has certainly experienced that. And I think what Critio has done, which is sort of seems simple, but it's quite eloquent is our recommendation engine. So the way we operate is instead of just showing a user in the case of a retargeted user, the exact product they look at, they looked at on the site. So they went to, you know, Ned's t-shirt shack and they looked at a, a white polo. Instead of just showing them the white polo, what we actually do is take all of the data that we have from that website about similar users who have, in this case, purchased that polo and what else did they engage with? So, you know, in, in, again, in the case of the fictitious uh, Ned's t-shirt shack, maybe the, uh, you know, the matching pair of Navy shorts or uh, the baseball hat or the shoes. And, and so what it's done, um, you know, first and foremost is it, it dramatically increases click-through rate and in turn conversion rate. Um, and so that's a pretty good indicator that you're kind of stepping away from banner blindness. But the other thing it, it has done is actually increased average order value. So what we see in our campaigns is if a, if a client's traditional average order value on their website is 100 bucks on that campaign they're running with Critio, maybe it's 110, 112, even $115. Um, and so I think that really is sort of part and parcel with the idea of not only increasing lifetime value, like we just talked about, but also increasing the actual value of each conversion. Um, and that tends to be uh, sort of two of the very important metrics that our clients are looking at to sort of decide how they, where they put their, their budget and, and how they utilize it effectively. Help me understand where Critio fits exactly in a marketer's t stack, because it doesn't seem like it doesn't replace, it's not going to replace your meta necessarily. You're not going to run all of your top of funnel meta campaigns through Critio, mainly using it for retargeting. Is that correct? I would be remiss if I didn't say that you could, you can in fact run meta uh, display ads through through Critio. Um, but no, I think it's a it's 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 totally a fair um, a fair assessment, Eric. Which is like as you think about 
or, or certainly as our, our clients sort of think about where they spend their dollars. I think there's there's two things that we've we've sort of learned. One is if you were to say like, look, I'm we're going to run on Meta. Great, run on Meta. If you were to say, look, we're going to run on other social channels, that, that that's fantastic. Do that. Oh, we also want to make sure we're on. Google, GDN, so right, you do that. And then up, oh, you just mentioned Yahoo, gotta be on that. You would have to, to be able to run what Critio can run in, in real time for you across all of the places that we have access to, you would need, I mean, I'm not even talking about mobile or cross device or app, you would probably need to be running with 15 vendors. And that creates such a level of frankly, inefficiency. And again, even if you did that and you did that effectively, none of those vendors would be able to effectively speak to each other, right? So you'd end up with a situation and I'm sure, you know, anyone who's listening to this has seen it. If you've ever gone to a website and all of a sudden you see three different banner ads, but all for the same company and that are all slightly different. And you're like, huh, like why would they do that? Well, it's because they're running through, you know, usually through three or even four different vendors. So, you know, I think the the interesting sort of thing about Critio is uh, what we do is by no means easy, but there is a simplicity to it of being able to have kind of a one-stop shop for your performance display and video needs. And it's and it's it's not true to say that you're a re, like a retargeting network either. Like display is like what? How do you conceive of like the inventory or sort of like the attention share? Because I just I feel like for a lot of I you know I'm I come from this uh, you know a meta agency with with Google services as well, and I feel like top of mind is all, are often these social channels. But I feel like display is it can be a real unsung hero, and I feel like it also I am interested at, at, at how brands are using it top of funnel as well. So I feel like that there, that is a growth opportunity. Totally. So look, I think, well, look, I think there's, there's two things there and, and don't quote me on the exact data point, but there is a level of inefficiency when you look at where, you know, where D2C uh, clients spend their dollars between walled gardens, which would be social like Meta or, or Google, and what we would call at Critio, the open internet, which is everything else. And so I think, look again, don't quote me on the exact data, but it's something like 70% of their spend is on the walled gardens, but actually 65% of the conversions driven happen on the open internet. And so I think, you know, look, what I would ultimately say is that uh, while to your point, Critio has historically been seen as a retargeter, there, you know, the reason that has changed so dramatically for, for Critio over the last three years isn't because our access to data changed. It isn't because of, for some other reason. It's actually because there's been the realization that display advertising can truly take a user down the entire funnel from truly first touch, meaning, wow, I, you know, I didn't even know this brand existed, or I was aware of this brand, but I had never even thought about them all the way down to, I am now a customer. And then of course, like I said before, the next step being like, I am a loyal customer. I wanna keep engaging with this brand. What I will tell you, Eric, which is, is sort of, I think ha is interesting, 
is that from a social perspective, a lot of money gets spent on on social, you know, obviously Meta being the, the primary example there. Um, and I think it's largely looked at from a brand perspective is how do we build our brand? And I don't think there's enough focus on holding all of your, uh, you know, your marketing vendors to a true performance outcome. We need to see conversions. This dollar needs to turn into X dollars in return. And I think part of that comes from just the historical context of a lot of marketers have spent time in TV or billboards or, you know, gosh, sponsorship deals. And again, I think there's a place for all of those things. But when you're used to that level of sort of or lack of connection of being able to say, well, this person saw this billboard and then converted, which you obviously really can't do um, all the way down to. Uh, display ad where it's like this user clicked on the ad, came, you know, clicked on a specific image in the ad, came to the site and specifically purchased that product. There's a big divide between those two things. Yeah, we would definitely, we're definitely performance preaching all the time on this podcast. I was curious also about like, you probably sit across a ton of brands at this point. Uh, and you see trends in the industry. We're, we're sort of like, I think everyone's now, I, I was talking to a really organized person and he was like, I'm actually 16 months in the future with how I think about you know business and promotions, which I was really impressed by. But I think a lot of brands, especially in that pre-SMB, in that small part of the SMB, are probably like now starting to think about their, their Black Friday, their Q4 plans. So I'm curious from like what you're seeing brands doing now and what you're what you've seen over the past few like big Q4s, what do you think are some uh, some, some tips for success uh, heading into Q4 this year? Yeah, so it's funny. Some of the things that we we focus on in Q4 are actually sort of like directly the inverse of what you would tell a client to do the other basically 10 months of the year. And I'll give you an example. Q4 and especially sort of the Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and then, then what we call retargeting Tuesday, people are so price conscious. And it's so much more about getting in front of that user to try and get them to, frankly, to some extent, purchase things they wouldn't have normally considered the other, you know, 10 months of the year. And so, you know, one of the examples uh, that I always use is in display ads, you can do what's called strike through pricing, where you, you know, you show a price and then actually an X goes through it, usually in red, and then a green price is shown. And that the green price is the, the sale price, essentially. That is honestly incredibly effective from both the conversion rate perspective and even honestly it's funny even if you are actually discounting you see an increase in average order value because it, it gives people the option to buy you know multiple products they say well you know this thing was a hundred dollars now it's 70 okay uh you know maybe i buy the 70 dollars thing now just save 30 bucks and then you go buy from that same site a 50 dollars item and so all of a sudden the average order value there is 120 dollars instead of you know what you might have gotten out of the the original hundred the other thing i would say and it's again neither of these things are particularly sexy but they are very effective um is is inventory right uh as much as Q4 is about bringing new products to market and, and sort of showing, you know, the market what new thing your your website is doing. It's also an incredible opportunity to look at what inventory you are still holding on to that you've had over the last, 
year, or in the case of someone you had in the podcast, 16 months, and saying, how can I most effectively unload this inventory, especially if it's it's making room for you know uh, new products. So, so I think I, I've talked about this a little bit in the past, but um, one of our clients who sells electric bikes had, you know, I think it was something like a thousand bikes of old inventory. And they set the goal of trying to sell that inventory from November 15th to December 15th. And, and actually through a pretty aggressive uh, marketing campaign with Critio, they actually sold those that, that thousand unit inventory in 48 hours. And it, it was, you know, obviously it then created some supply chain issues, but that that's not, I don't have to worry about yeah. that. We just sell oh, the stuff. Of course. So um, it was pretty, pretty cool. But a note that like, you know, Q4 for a lot of brands can be as many sales as they make in the year or, or close, you know, you can, and so I feel like you, you don't want to underestimate inventory heading into that year. Very, just, very true. Yes, that is a good point. You do not want to be, you do not want to be uh, short on inventory. Um, you know, like I think numerically speaking, especially for if we talk specifically about very traditional D to C, regardless of size, um, I think we see between 65 and 70% of sales uh, for the year happen in Q4. Uh, so it's, it truly is make or break. And, you know, to your point about sort of preparation, I know it's sort of the dog days of August and everyone, you know, people are going on vacation. Um, but this is a really good opportunity to sort of both prep for that season, but also do the appropriate testing is how do you test different messaging? How do you test different ad units? How do you test different portions of the funnel from lower funnel to mid funnel to upper funnel um, in order to make sure you put your best foot forward uh, for Q4? I don't know how technical you want to get, but when I was in, when I was in the display space, I remember like tracking was always a challenge and there was always different platforms coming out talking about different ways to challenge. There was server to server tracking. There's, there's cookies of course with, you know, obviously that we're going to a bit of a cookie-less future. What can you say about attribution and, and Critio's technology when it comes to actually tracking people cross platform, cross device? What does that look like? Yeah. So, I mean, look, I, I, uh, I'm not as technical as, as maybe I should be, but I can, uh, I, maybe I can fake it with the best of them. I can, I could play someone technical. That sounds like me. Yeah. That sounds um, great. Yeah. No, look, I think that there's two sort of important, uh, aspects of, of tracking. Uh, the first is actually attribution. And so look at Critio, we are what we'd say is attribution agnostic, which is sort of a, a BYO, bring your own attribution model to Critio, whether that's last click, whether that's, you know, post click, whether that's post click and post view. I mean, there's, there's a lot of variations on it. And I, I certainly, uh, I won't bore you with the two hour conversation about what I believe uh, the ideal attribution setup is. But I, I do think it is important, first and foremost, is to, if I think of Critio as a heat seeking missile to drive conversions, the most important part of that is to drive conversions that, that are valuable to the client. And that's why I'm really love that we are attribution agnostic. So that's the that's the first thing. I think look the, the the second piece of that is traditionally tracking isn't in my opinion the the difficulty here, right? Like whether it's cookies or the amount of first party data that, that Critio has, we can track anything, right? When it comes to tracking, it's like we can say when the user exactly when they clicked when they converted, what they converted on, what the value of that conversion was, what the LTV of that is. I mean, you could, we could get crazy basically, but where I think the, uh, the true sort of strategic element of it is, 
is making sure that you can effectively attribute those conversions to the appropriate vendor. And so what we see is, you know, where you see sort of, I think, waste and inefficiency is, and I'll, look, I'll give you an example for, for clients that use exclusively last click attribution, right? In a world where you exclusively use last click attribution, that means you're essentially gonna give no credit to search, you're gonna give almost no credit to email, and you're gonna give almost all of your credit probably to affiliate, like you, you know, you described before. And so I think having a, a good grasp on uh, your customer's journey and, and how many touch points it takes from a marketing perspective, but not just marketing, how many organic touch points does it take for someone to convert and then applying the appropriate attribution is what allows you to not only credit appropriately, but I think even more importantly, and I think we've all, you know, anyone who's, who's been in the industry long enough to have seen this where, you know, the example of the, the client who is using five vendors to run five different marketing channels and each vendor is hitting a, a five to one return on ad spend, but the overall return on ad spend is a one to one because all the vendors are taking credit for all the same conversions. Uh, and, and so I think that's, you know, look, traditionally that's why people have moved to last click. But I think, again, now the amount of data available through a platform like Critio, through a part, you know, partnership with, with other platforms like a Measured or a Rockerbox has really empowered our clients to be more sort of prescriptive about their attribution. And, and the last thing I'll say on it, Eric, is like, we're, we're finally, you know, over the last, I'd say two and a half, almost three years at a place where we can also do effective attribution, not just online, but the connection between online and in-store. Because look, if you think about even just COVID, this sort of uh, buy online, pick up in stores has been a huge element, but also people going into store. I mean, I used to laugh. One of the things that I was always you know, it was a good selling point at Critio is because we have the store connection, you know, we can guarantee that if a user goes in store and buys a pair of shoes, at the very least, we're not going to show that user online that pair of shoes. I think we've all had that experience where we buy a pair of shoes or buy a shirt and then we go get on our computer and we see an ad for that exact pair of shoes we just purchased. You're kind of like, well, that's a waste of a, of a display ad. That's a waste of, you know, X number of cents. And, and so being able to connect store not just your own store, but also retail media. So third-party vendors, and then also your own website um, has been hugely impactful in, in eliminating, you know, sort of waste and inefficiency. So who in our audience should be going, is Critio.com, who in our audience should be going, to, we like to manifest on the platform. What kind of people should be going to Critio.com right now? Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's that, that's a relatively simple question, which is if you have a, a website uh, of almost any size where you are trying to monetize an action on your site, then Critio can help you. And that can be anything, as, as I said, from, you know, Ned's T-shirt shack, which is very, you know, e-commerce D to C, but all the way through, I mean, look, we work with insurance companies who are trying to drive leads on their site, people to fill out forms, um, you know, uh, honestly, it's it's new in the last probably year and a half, two years, but even CPG, where they're not actually trying to drive users to engage with their own website, but trying to drive users specifically to other websites to purchase. It's you know, something we, we do very well. Um, but, I, you know, look, I, I have to say our, our bread and butter, and I, 
I kind of stick with this is like if you own a Shopify website of any size or, or big commerce or WooCommerce, um, we will be by far your most effective uh, performance digital marketing channel. And I, I would take that against search, against email, against uh, text message, against anything else um, in terms of driving uh, convert, you know, the most conversions at, at the lowest uh, cost or the, the highest efficiency. Quite the statement. I I think it's awesome. I think you should also consider adding Ned on perhaps LinkedIn. I don't know if you tweet as well uh, because you also filled out some of the most interesting information I've ever had <laughs> in a podcast guest so when it comes to things outside of your life. I just want to I want to run them down quickly uh, and we can dive okay. in. So one of them is is your obsession with root beers, which I love. You've reviewed yep. over 100 root beers on a 10-point scale. Uh, you have what this, you've been to over a hundred counting crows concerts. That one is a little concerning. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. We won't dive into that one. But the one I brought it up, I was telling my co-founder that your third one, which is that you've built like a complex system for understanding the economy of points. Uh, yes. Can you, can, yes. I just feel like for our audience that might be, could, could you drill in on that one a little bit in the, in the last little bit here? Yeah. Look, let me say this first is I'm the original points guy, like the points guy website. He took my idea. Uh, no, I mean, look, the, the, the funny sort of like, uh, paradox behind my my point system is number one is i've built this algo and yet i actually don't like to travel so despite the fact that i keep very careful track of all my frequent flyer miles and you know hotel points i actually don't like to fly and i i don't really like to travel much to my my wife's chagrin um but uh no you know like it comes from uh my father uh, is a, has a PhD in applied math. And so, and, and like him, I'm also extraordinarily cheap. And so this sort of idea of, of frequent flyer miles always certainly appealed to me. And it started with sort of, you know, one Excel spreadsheet and a macro. And now, you know, sort of in real time, I can keep track of, because point values actually really do change in, in real time, again, depending on, on a number of different scenarios. And, and so this, the original idea was that essentially a frequent flyer mile was often worth one mile's worth about a penny, but that actually has can change to you know up to five cents down to half a penny. Um, and so I have uh, uh, this, I have actually like sort of what I call my Mendoza line of how much I should pay for a flight in in actual cash versus when is it worth using frequent flyer miles. And so that's like the relationship I, I try and use for something that I try to avoid doing at all at all costs. So yeah, I'm I'm, uh, it's a paradox. I'm definitely yeah, yeah. I mean look and, and I've gotten crazy. And I the last thing I'll say on it is uh before I was married and had kids when I had a little more free time on my hands, I uh I once figured out that I had two days uh and it was march and i had two days and if i flew uh to la and and back in two days that it would essentially be worth in frequent flyer miles it'd be worth about 20 grand and so i actually flew uh do two seats so my father and i flew to los angeles we had lunch in the airport and then flew home uh, so 12 hours, uh, you know, in one go, uh, in order to, uh, in order to get about 20 grand worth of freaking flyer miles. So, uh, if that's not wasted time, I, I don't know what is. If you can find ROAS in frequent flyer miles, then I'm sure you can help brands find ROAS on the open web. Yep, that's uh, some, something, something like that. Um, yeah, you know, the last thing I'll say on it is, uh, you know, one of our, we have a lot of uh, clients at, at Critio, um who are travel aggregators and uh, 
I was actually down in, in Connecticut with Priceline a couple of weeks ago, and they were saying how, how well their rental car business was doing. And I sort of casually just said, well, of course it's doing well. You guys have the best deals on, on rental cars. And they like looked at me and I was like, well, my algorithm says that. And they were like, wait, we're going to need to talk through. They're like, the Credio algorithm was like, no, no, no. My personal Excel algorithm for, for aggregating points. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, I guess I've got too much free time that's on my hands. That's hilarious. Well, you got you got a side project that uh, that algorithm because I feel like there's lots in our audience. Our audience loves algorithms of all kinds, so uh, so that was awesome. Nate, yeah. Ned, thanks for coming on the D2C podcast today. This is great. Thanks, Eric. Thanks so much for having me. Um, and uh, and yeah, look forward to chatting with you again. Uh, and next time we can we can talk about about the Bruins because I know how much you love the Bruins. Oh my goodness! Don't start me on the Bruins. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumer, all one word, dot co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.